Good day to you. The following teaching is delivered by Sean Beru, who is one of the leaders at our local church, also functions as a spiritual son to me. The focus of the message is on divine acceleration as an expression of the favor of God. I trust that you will be enriched by this message as you listen to it. Bless you. Amen. Indeed, this is a pivotal year. And we're going to look into the Word of God together. This has always been a, a place, and this is a house of the Word. I hope you have your Bibles with you. But I, th- you know, I found it very um, interesting these past few weeks uh, because I've been experiencing uh, great favor. Now, this, this, this I want to encourage us this morning. I want to speak very, uh, very prophetically uh, through the Word uh, as well as uh, very direct to you. Because this is a season where we don't want to be left behind with the things that God is doing. Where God is blessing, God is giving tremendous favor, he's an out, there's, a, uh, there's, there's a massive outpouring of what God is doing. You can be outside of the constitution of all that God is doing just by disqualifying yourself. And it must not be said when you come and sit in the pews, in the chairs on a Sunday, Lord, why is everybody else blessed? Why is there so much favor in their life, but there's nothing in mine? There's no evidence in your life that shows that you are blessed. But yet when you look around, you'll say, but has God got favorites? Why is it only this person that is blessed? This one has got a testimony of what God is doing. I want to encourage you. It's a season now where God is doing great and marvelous things. And this is, this is the, 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 the punchline. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, God is doing marvelous things. God is doing marvelous things. Now, I want to share with you in line with all that we've been sharing these past few weeks, uh, because I feel it's important that we stick to what God is saying in this now season. And I want to share with you just a thought on divine acceleration. Divine acceleration. Somebody say divine acceleration. Uh, we're going to turn to uh, Amos. Let's go if we can go to Amos uh, chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Amos chapter 9. We're going to look at two texts this morning uh, before we hear what the Lord is saying to us. Amos uh, chapter 9, we'll be reading from verse 13. And behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. When the mountains will drip sweet wine and all the hills will be dissolved. Also, I will restore the captivity of my people, Israel, and they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will also plant vineyards, drink their wine, and make their gardens and eat their fruit. I will also plant them on their land, and they will not again be rooted out from their land which I have given them, says the Lord your God. We'll just leave it there. Let's also go to the book of, uh, of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. I just wanted just to lay a foundation of scripture so that we can have a platform to, to be ministering from. 1 Kings chapter 18, we read from verse 41, a very familiar portion to many of us. But I think it's important that we, um, we, 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 we just read this through again of the scriptures. The New King James Version. Then Elijah said to Ahab, that's 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab, Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servants, go up now, look towards the sea. So they went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud, as small as a man's hand, rising up from the sea. So he said, Go up. Say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot. Say to your neighbor, Prepare your chariot. And go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins. Tell your neighbor, gird up your loins. And he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. One of the key elements 
of or the key principles of favor in the season today that we will experience in many ways and in many facets and forms is simply the speed and timing. What is, when, when you look at, uh, and I'm sure some of the young people here would probably uh, know better, those that have studied physics, uh, and quantum physics and some of those, those studies, when you look at the formulas of acceleration, speed and time is important. These are two factors that you will constantly read within the scriptures where timing of God and when the things of God are done are reiterated constantly. Whenever God says something, it's done in a specific epoch of time and it is also done and it is done. So you'll find where Jesus will come into an environment and there's a blind man. The Bible will say it was a time when this man was blind. Jesus will come in, lay his hands and immediately there was a, an acceleration of healing. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, 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 well, you know, I, I can see dimly, uh, you know, I can, yes, I can see some vision. Uh, it was immediately God brought sight to the blind. God always does things quickly. Now, this is where I want us to come to this place because I believe in our times of preparation that we've been hearing the word up until this point, it's important that we understand this. That which God has said and has been saying up until now, He's about to do it quickly. There's acceleration. Now, I want you to stretch your leg forward. Just stretch your leg forward like uh, I know for some of you that are, uh, are drivers, stretch your right leg because the accelerator is on the right side. I want you to press it right down. That's just symbolic. I'm just being like my father who likes to be very, uh, uh, he likes to, he likes to uh, very be symbolic. Press that accelerator down because what God is about to do, He's going to do it quickly. Now I want you to get that into your spirit because for many of us, this is not just a pie in the sky. It's not just a lovely talk, a lovely uh, scriptures that we've been receiving over and over that you're going to be blessed, that you're going to have, that God is going to fulfill things for you. Those are lovely things, not so. But I want to encourage you today. They are coming to pass. And guess what? They're coming to pass quickly. The Bible says, and immediately the eyes were open. And immediately the withered hand was stretched forward. And immediately the lame man rose up and walked. Immediately the demons left him. It wasn't a process of time. It was quickly. So the principle of acceleration is that time and speed are important where God is, 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 is concerned. Now it's also important to understand that we're talking about divine acceleration. Because there's what's known as human acceleration. Where you yourself can try and preempt, try and rush, try and, and do things in yourself which only produces frustration, which only produces longevity in achieving that which you require. But when we are in the season of favor, when you are applying the things that God has for you, God takes control and brings what was slow in your life to much quick speed. Bring what has been delayed to now right before you. Now, I want you to have, this is, this is a practical message this morning because we're entering into divine. Now, divine is not, divine is, 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 is dealing with God. In other words, God will do it. The scripture we read last week from Genesis chapter 7, the Bible says, is anything too hard for who? For God. So who is going to do it? God is going to do it. The Psalm, uh, like uh, uh, Dad just mentioned now, Psalm 102, the Bible says, and he will, who will arise? God will arise. God is about to do it in your life. And understand this. This is not a fairy tale or a lullaby story. This is a reality. When you apply and prepare yourself, things are going to take place and they're going to take place quickly. Quickly. Amen. Now, what I like about this, uh, uh, well, let me give you a definition of what divine acceleration is. My son said to me this morning, if dad just sticks to his notes, we'll be fine. So I will stick to my notes. <laughs> Divine acceleration is simply this, and I'll just give a couple of definitions, just to give us an understanding, a pretext and a context before we look into the scripture, which is the ultimate uh, interpretation. Divine speed or divine acceleration is the grace to achieve a God-given goal at God's good time. Divine acceleration 
is the supernatural ability of God applied in your life. So, supernatural. Supernatural. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know it's, it's amazing how it's easy for us to believe in Superman and Spider-Man and Iron Man and all those other uh, Marvel or superheroes. You know, it's so easy for us to believe that. But yet when it comes to the things of God, which, because what do they do? They do superhuman things. They fly. They do all things that, 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 that go beyond human limitation. But when God now says He wants to do it, He wants to be your hero. We can't believe. We're quick to call on Batman and Spider-Man. Because we know that Batman and Spider-Man can do it. But what we're saying, and I'm just using this, this, this nativity and this trivial example, simply to say that God can do those things supernaturally. And this is going to happen. Don't look at your situation and your circumstance right now in your own human so uh, solutions. Let God do it for you. King Jehoshaphat stood before the Midianites and the Bible says the army that was before him was greater than him. The, 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 the difficulty, the challenges that he had to face were beyond his human limitations. All he did was he submitted, he placed himself, postured himself in a position that God could do it for him. And, and, and how did God, I mean, how did God destroy the, 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 the Midianites? Was it the Midianites or Amalekites? Amalekites? Gideon destroyed the Midianites. How did he do it? Did he take out his sword and sharpen it on both sides? Did he say, today they're going to learn? What did he do? The Bible says all he did was he stood back. And the Bible says he sent forth the praise and worship team. And they sang. How is that for your situation? You know that financial need? You know that financial need? Do something supernatural. Do something different. When you see that bird coming, start singing. I know the Lord. Start singing. What to do when you don't know what to do? Just sing. God is going to do the supernatural in your natural. So it's going to be. And you know how we sometimes, and, and sometimes, you know, Paul says these words. Think it not strange, my brothers. Think it not strange. You know when you've been praying for a blessing? You know, I've seen this in, 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 with Christians. With us, when we pray for a blessing, God just bless me, bless me. And you know, God blesses you. Have you seen our response? <gasps> Don't think it. Not, it's not a strange thing. This season, God is saying, I want to favor you and I want to favor you quickly. I want to favor you now. Don't be surprised. So let's look at, uh, at uh, go to Amos for me, please, uh, Luke. And let's look at Amos and exegetically look at some of the characteristics that I want us to, to extrapolate that's going to help us and encourage us this morning. So say, this is a now time. Say, this is my time. Say this, it's coming quickly. Now, now, in the old Pentecostal days, okay, in the charismatic days, you would get that one auntie would be sitting there and saying like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and the preacher is preaching. Uh, but get that in your spirit. I'm not saying you must be melodramatic now, but get that in your spirit. God is about to do it. He's about to do it. And he's going to do it quickly for you, Ryan. Quickly for you. The things that you're saying to me now, God's going to do them quickly. Amen. Believe it, sister. Amen. Permanency quickly. So Amos tells us this here, and this is what I want to encourage you with. Amos chapter uh, 9. Amos chapter 9. From verse uh, 13. Behold, the days are coming. Very important because we want to understand this. We want to understand this exegetically. And, and when we're looking at this portion of Scripture, one must also understand as a, uh, in the season of this apostolic season, we understand that the Scriptures are very symbolic. Dr. Segi would always say that you cannot understand the Scriptures in totality without understanding it also symbolically. Symbolisms, the things that are spoken of and the representations thereof. Uh, as example was when Anne spoke about the barrenness of the woman. We understand that a woman is a consistent thread or one of the consistent threads of the, the church. Christ is coming for his, for his bride. So when we read now Proverbs 31, when we read the Proverbs 31 lady, 
and you know, all these women's meetings, they always have the Proverbs 31 lady. It's, it's not really speaking about a lady per se. It's speaking about who? It's speaking about the church. So when we read this portion of te this text here, uh, we want to also understand it from a symbolic perspective. So the scripture says, behold, help me now. What does behold mean? To see. Tell you to look at your neighbor. Just look at your neighbor. Just say, behold me. So understand this in the spirit. The things that God is going to do are going to be seen. God is not going to do something that's, that, that, that's, that's an enigma, that's something that's just a, a fairy tale story. Oh yes, God blesses us and your blessing is somewhere in the air. This is something that's going to be seen. Isaiah 43 tells us, verse, uh, verse 18, it says, Forgetting the things which are behind, the Bible says, Do not even consider them, for behold, I am doing a new thing. In other words, it qualifies, it continues to say, It shall spring forth, will you not know it? So, the things that God is about to do now is not only will it be visible, but also you will understand it. Many people today, you know, sometimes you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, uh, um, uh, you've got this ailment, or you, 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 they, they can't cure the ailment that you have, and you go from specialist to specialist. You know, God allows you sometimes to go through that process. Just to prove to you when all has failed, now turn to me. Because when you are healed, you don't turn back and say, well, you know, it was the specialist. It was that Indian doctor from Mumbai. It was that guy that, that, that gave me that uh, Dutchman's medicine. That It's God. It's God. So behold. Tell your neighbor, behold. We will see what God is about. And the Bible says, behold, the days are coming. And that's what I love with this portion of scripture this morning when I was reading it again. It was exciting me. The days are coming. Now we used to read from the first miracle that Jesus turned water into wine. The Bible says at the end of that portion of scripture, it says that the bride, that the master of ceremony says, why have you left the best for? For last. And we preach that the, the best is yet to come. Now understand this. I believe the best has come. Now, I want you to get that in your spirit this morning. Because our circumstances and our situations and our environment has been so antagonistic to all our growth, to all that you want to do. Your relationships and things around you have been holding you back. I've got news for you today by the scriptures. Simply this, the day is now. The day has come. Now, when you understand the scripture, the word day or days, the days... Now understand, again, day is singular, days is plural. So in other words, God's continual blessing is not an event, day. Oh, it's a good place to say amen. God's continual, continual, perpetual blessing is going to be days and days. You won't sit back. That old auntie from those years would say, I remember when I was 16 years old in uh, uh, 1976. When God blessed me and he did this for me. Now we're in 2017. What is God doing? The days are continual. So the, and, and when you understand it in the Greek, there's two words that, that, that explain or express it. Uh, the word days uh, which basically simply mean that the days, it speaks of a, a completeness or a finishness. God is going to bring things quickly to completion and to finishing. Or someone needs to understand that. You know, our circumstances and our environments can be so overwhelming that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can't see the finish. We are in the days of the finish. This is a reality. So, the plowman shall overtake the reaper. When we read this portion of scripture, it's important to understand the, 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 the demographics and also the, uh, the role players. When you see it, there's two types of people and there's two types of activities. There is a plowman, one who is plowing. His title is a plowman. His activity is to till and to dig the ground. The other one is a, a reaper, one who comes to collect and gather to take in the harvest. Now understand this, the reaper never goes before the plowman. In agrarian, national, na uh, uh, natural state, that doesn't work. 
you cannot go and pick fruit without planting the tree. There's got to be a tree first so it can produce the fruit. Now understand this because this is where I want, I want, I want, I want you to, to catch this in your spirit. The plowman, much representation uh, that we can, we, can, we can get from it. Simply this is the one who is a breaker and a preparer. Now understand this. How is it that you are going to move quickly with great divine acceleration into all that God has for you? There's certain things that you've got to break. There's certain things that you've got to prepare. So let's colorate and, and, and synergize the two portions of Scripture together from 1 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says, with, with Ahab, says to the servant, Go and tell the king Ahab to get ready. To get ready. To prepare himself. You know, many of us, and I love, the, I love from last week the, the, the preparation of, of barrenness. You are barren, but yet you are still preparing a nursery. I love that picture. I said to our young people, uh, uh, our young adults uh, uh, at our meeting uh, last night, I said to them, you need a bank account. Prepare the structure. Because someone's going to come and, and, and they're not going to give you this big suitcase of cash. They just want to do an EFT. But if you don't have the structure. So now understand this in the spiritual. If you want to enter into the realm called divine acceleration, there's preparation that needs to be done. There is a tilling, there is a digging, there is a breaking. Now, Hosea would tell us, in Hosea chapter 12, the Bible says, it, is, it says, break up your fallow ground. The time is now to break up your fallow ground. What is fallow ground? Or some versions would say virgin ground, ground that has not been broken yet. There are certain things in your life that you've got to start breaking. Maybe you've never prayed for an hour before or you only prayed once a week at, on, on, on a Sunday service. It's time for you to break the ground of prayer. Break the ground of your scriptures. I said to our young adults, I said you're no longer youth. We have to remind you to read your Bible every day. Youth read their Bible. Young adults study their Bible. Mm. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. If you don't make the preparation, your harvest is going to be hampered. And the speed of your harvest will also be affected. So the Bible says the plowman will overtake. And there's a lovely, a lovely word that we could probably camp forever is overtake overtake now watch this now because when you read the scriptures repeatedly even from isaiah chapter uh, from 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 um, uh, first kings chapter 18 when you read that story right at the end the bible says after ahab was told that rain is coming rain, the sound of rain is coming then the bible says elijah the bible says girded up his his loins now understand in those days they wore uh, uh, um, almost garments that's so you lift it up. You know how it is when you go watch your, your children run the race? You know the mother's race and the father's race? You know those that have been there? And you sometimes some of you have left your hamstring on the track and you know, you, two weeks after that you're still recovering. But have you seen some of the mothers? They come with this long flowing dress. And because we're in, 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 uh, in little India, some come with saris. You know, they come in to, 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 to cheer on their, their children and grandchildren. And here they are. You see the mothers lifting up the sari. Not too high, but lifting it up so that they can get more. Now understand this, because we're looking at the word overtake. The Bible says, Elijah lifts up his garment, girds up his, 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 his loins. his loins. Now what are loins represented of? You've got to go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says about the armor of God. It says, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. So in other words, there's got to be a mind adjustment in entering into what God wants to do quickly for you. The old mind that you have now is not going to get you very fast. <laughs> there's got to be a change. Gird up the loins of your mind. And the Bible says, and he overtook the chariot. He overtook King Ahab. Now understand, King Ahab is a king. Does he have donkeys? The king, and the Bible says, in fact, it wasn't just the horses, he was his chariots. He had the Ferrari of his day, or the Lamborghini of his day. And here someone is on foot, lifting up his skirt, and overtakes. What gave him that acceleration? What gave him the speed? 
was the divine. And that's what we're going to look at this, 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 this morning. Entering and accessing the divine that's going to give you acceleration. You see, because I get tired of, I, I, I'm tired of telling the young people, you've got so much potential. One day you're going to be a superstar. One day, one day. And you know what the young people say? Yeah, right. Tell me another one. Tell me another one. The principle is this. Things are going to come quickly. So, two actions. The plowman has to overtake. Now, understand it in the natural. If you understand it in the natural, and I looked at the tradition of, of growing in, in a crop. The principle is this. How is it that a plowman can overtake a reaper? The plowman, the one who digs and, 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 and prepares the ground, uh, the seed is sown. It takes a couple of months uh, for the harvest to come. Uh, while they're harvesting, how is it that the plowman can now come and overtake that process? Now, you've got to understand it traditionally uh, when you understand it in the natural. What, happened is, what happens is simply this. Your harvest, if it isn't done in great preparation, your favor that comes to you will be so large that they will spend more time reaping that the plowman will catch up. And this basically means that you are going to have two activities happening at the same time. That which you sow now, listen to this by the Spirit of the Lord, that which you sow now, which you have been sowing, when it grows and the harvest that comes from it because of your obedience, you will reap and reap and reap and reap. The season for reaping will be over and the season for planting has started again, but you're still reaping. You're still enjoying the fruit. You're still enjoying the seasons of God. The plowman is knocking on. He's saying, come on, hurry up because we want to start digging again. Collect your, collect your harvest so that we can start plowing. The Bible says that he's going to go ahead of that process. And I want to say that to you prophetically today. You will overtake. You will overtake. You will overtake. Now, understand it this way. The prophecies that have been spoken about over your life, the things that have been said over your life, you will overtake them. Oh, let me, let's, let's understand that again in the spirit. The things, prophecy takes time, not so. In the fullness of time. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, the Bible says, The Son, Jesus Christ, came forth in the fullness of time. The word fullness there speaks of an appropriate time, a specific time. Psalm 102, yes, the appointed time. It speaks of a time, a kairos time in God. God allows things to happen in a certain time. Things have been said over your life. Things have been spoken into your life. God has deposited desires, dreams, so much inside of you. I want to encourage you today by the Spirit of God. They're about to come to pass. Amen. Oh, but Sean, you don't know my circumstance. You don't know my relationship. You don't know my finances. You don't, I'm, I'm as broke as broken can be. You don't know my emotional status. You don't know what's going on inside of me. Let's just let's sit down for five minutes, discuss it, and then let's see if you can preach the same message. You will constantly be digging and digging and never getting to your harvest. So the plowman always represents a breaker, breaking as well as preparing. Are you preparing for your, your breakthrough? Isaiah, uh, 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 Elijah said these words, to the servant, he says, go and tell. And I say this to you, because God is telling me to tell you. Prepare for the sound of the abundance of rain. Not the rain. The sound of the abundance of rain. Now, understand this. When, before it rains, does it just, what comes first? The clouds, the lightning, the thunder, the environment, the skies change, then it falls. The sound that we're going to hear, the sound is in the air. The sound is in the air. Amen. Get ready. Yes. Get ready. Now, the reaper is one who collects. Now, I want, you to, I want you to understand this because I want you to, 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 to have this posture in your mind and in your spirit. One of breaking ground, one of preparing, of always getting ready and putting, in, putting structures in place to receive that which God has for you. You know, for example, if, 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 if I have to, or if somebody has to put in um, a billion dollars in your bank account, Joash, you would say, for sure, the breaker has broken for me. 
But you know that if you don't, if you don't have the right structures in your life, even just in the natural, what, the minute that billion dollars gets into your account, what happens in the bank systems? What happens to the taxmen? The, everybody, there's red flags that start coming up. Where did you get the money from? How did you get that money? So that which is supposed to be a harvest and a blessing now becomes a curse. And something which you say, I wish I never had this money. So, we've got to learn how to not only plow and prepare, but we also need to learn how to gather and collect in a framework of structure. So the Bible says, When the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, the treader of grapes, that's an activity again. And this is very symbolic. Grapes are symbolic of revelation. Of revelation. So when we read the story again in, uh, in John chapter 3, I think it is, with uh, John chapter 2, with the, uh, the first miracle, the miracle at Canaan. And the Bible says, and Jesus said, fill up the water pots with, with water. And we understand water is the, the word of God. Okay, we are, okay, let's just reverse back a bit. Maybe just, just refresh our memory on that, on that portion of scripture. Can we do that? Jesus comes to an environment and there's a wedding. And the Bible says when he gets there, there are six clay pots. Now six is a number of man. Clay is also symbolic of the Bible says, and God took the dust of the, Genesis chapter 2, dust of the earth and he formed man. We came from the dust of the earth. Life was breathed into us. The rock breath of God was given to us by the Spirit of God. But our formation was from the dust. So there's six clay pots. Paul would say this in Corinthians. For we have a treasure in an earthen vessel. So who are those vessels? Us. You and I. So now understand this symbolically. So here we are at a wedding. We empty. We frail. Jesus says, fill up those pots with water. What is water symbolic of? The word of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26. By the washing of the, the word. The word of God. So what is God saying? Take you and fill you up with what? With the word. Amen. Amen. We're understanding? Then the Bible says, in the same process, then as they began to draw the water out, it became wine. Understand, when did it become wine? When they drew. So, I believe the miracle was like this. They drew the wine. In the hand was wine. That jar, that, the, 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 the clay pot was still water. It does not say that the clay pots became wine. It says the drawing process becomes wine. And what is wine? Wine is made from? Grapes. Grapes are symbolic of revelation. Revelation. How can you have revelation? The only way you can have revelation is when you are filled with the word, the water of the word, when you are empty in a place of frailty. And when you come to a place and say, God, fill me. I need your word. When revelation only, revelation only comes when word is inside of you. So, Watch, let's look at the scripture. It says, the, and the treader of grapes, the one who is coming and giving revelation. Understand, the one that is coming to give revelation. Now, it says, uh, treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. There's two people here. There's one who's sowing the seed for the grapes. And there's a one when the grapes have maturated, he is now picking them and treading them. What's happening now is this, that revelation seems to overtake the process of growing. The seed, this is a principle. Your planting, your planting that you have done in the things of the word, your process of revelation is going to overflow your planting process. Mm. Somebody needs to hear that again. Revelation will consistently flow within you. Why? Because the word of God is in you. The more the word is in you, the more you will be filled with revelation. Filled with revelation. Now this is important. I remember Shimon taught us on the, the 13 locations that David went from, uh, from, from Adullam all the way to Zion. And one of the places uh, uh, um, 
uh, I think it was Engedi, which was a place of trading grapes. There's a place where you have to now extrapolate the revelation. How does revelation come to you? By me just giving you thoughts, by us sitting under an environment where there is revelation? No. Yes, we can receive some light, but it's simply this. You yourself have to go and tread the grapes. You've got to get into the Word. You've got to get into the Word. You've got to get, say, God, this word that you're saying today, I'm not just letting it pass. I'm taking this word and I'm going to, and I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to produce. What it's going to produce is going to be revelation. And the more you tread grapes, the more revelation you get. But this is the picture. Understand the picture. There's going to be an overtaking. So we are no longer going to be functioning just from a place of sowing, but we will be living in an environment called revelation. Revelation which encompasses and encapsulates all that we need in life. Don't you need revelation? Don't you need direction and wisdom? Then the Bible says, The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. When you go to, we'll just hold it there. When you go to, let's just go to, to, to uh, um, back to 1 Kings again. Uh, 1 Kings 18. I just want to just... Uh, uh, Highlight another point there for you. Some circumstances need to be adjusted in your life. I love that picture, and, and I think it was very prophetic this morning. We're so worried about extending our homes and our lives with extra things, but yet within that environment, the space that we have is actually adequate and more than enough, but it's, the problem is that it's filled with the clutter that's consuming the space, that's taking up all that God wants to, uh, to reveal and do in your life, but yet we have not given him the time and the space. You know, I want to encourage you. I was retrospective just last night. You know, it's amazing that I was also thinking on those lines uh, and some of the, sh the th thoughts I shared with our young adults. Um, preparing your life or designing your life for kingdom purpose is what we were dealing with our young adults yesterday. Designing your life. Getting yourself ready for that which God wants to do for you. So, if you don't have a baby because you're barren, this time next year. This time next year. This time next year. You know, in the natural, that was actually, it's actually a correct statement when you read that from Genesis chapter 17. Because it takes a process of how long to get, um, for a baby to come. Nine months. Usually just nine months before nine months, just a little bit over nine months, which is almost a year. God does everything. Are we saying next, this time next year, yes, things will happen for you. But understand, we don't function from a chronological, chronos time. We're functioning from a kairos time. Kairos means it's God's time. So that which is supposed to take ten years in God's time only needs your faithfulness and can be done instantly. Instantly. So, the Bible says, then Elijah said to Abe, go up. Eat, drink. Two things, go up, eat, and drink. Say that to your neighbor, go up, eat, and drink. Okay, now, we, the eating and drinking is a nice part. We can do that. We can eat and we can drink. We, can, we, we love, to, we love to, to, to enjoy the niceties of, of the world. But this is important, to go up. You know, the, 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 the posture, your posture change in this environment is going to be key. Psalm 101 says, and he will what? Arise. Isaiah chapter uh, 60, I think it is. It says, arise, shine, for your light is. The man who was 38 years in a condition of paralysis, Jesus looked at him and he said, arise, take up. Your mat and walk. Remember that man, and, and, and I think it's in Acts chapter 3, at the gate called Beautiful, begging for alms. The Bible says Peter, James, and John on their way to the temple, going to pray. They meet this man begging for alms. And the Bible says that, Peter says, you know the lovely classic words, silver and gold, we do not have, but that which we do have in the name of Jesus, what? Rise up. There's an action that you and I have to take in the season that is going to bring that, that if you want to accelerate your blessing, there's an action that you and I have to take, which is this of rising up, 
going up, changing your posture from apathy, from being lethargic, from being lazy, to saying, God, I'm now going to start doing the things that you want me to do. Obedience to the word of God is key in this season for acceleration. So, when your spiritual welfare or spiritual warfare has attempted to hold you back, I want, I, I, I want, I want to paint a picture for you, you know, how divine acceleration can come into your life. When you have spiritual warfare, you know what spiritual warfare is? Where spiritual warfare is not fighting about fighting uh, uh, for your for your uh, uh, the, with the bank manager because he's not allowing you and giving you finances, or with your boss. That is not spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not when when your husband or your wife is 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 disagreeing with you all the time. That is not spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is when the things of God are being attacked and you've got to fight for them. When the things of God are being attacked and you have to fight for them. So if a principle is being attacked, a principle of the word of God is being attacked within our environment, well, what do we do? We engage. We engage in spiritual warfare. Now understand this. Our spiritual warfare can attempt to hold you back simply because we are fighting the wrong devil. Elijah experienced a powerful victory. And you know what his victory was? Was simply this. He prayed. He interceded. It's the same Elijah. If you go to, the two, to verse 1 of the same chapter, of the same chapter that we're reading now, it's the same Elijah that said, that said they will, it will not rain for, for three and a half years. Remember? And yet he lived in the same environment. But yet he produced the results. He, he was sustained through all, throughout all of, 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 of the famine. The Bible says now he comes and he accelerates a process. He accelerates a process. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us, and I tried to search for it uh, this past few. Uh, it says it will not rain for how many years? Three and a half years. Some would say three years. Some would say three and a half years. Now watch this here. The time Elijah said to his servant, go tell Ahab to go up. We don't know if it was three and a half years that had lapsed. In my understanding, I don't think three and a half years. Elijah said it will not rain for three and a half years. Yes. So we know that definitely we would not have rained for three and a half years. But did that process of three and a half years come to fruition? We don't really know. I think, I think there was a speeding process. Because Elijah says, tell Ahab, go up. Eat and drink. Prepare yourself. Eating and drinking are two, two aspects. You know, eating and drinking just simply speak of ingesting, taking things inside of you. Are you eating the word? Are you taking in all that God has for you? Favor comes to those. Acceleration will come to those that are in a place where they can rise up. Rise up. Stand up for the things, the things of God. Now, when it feels like you've been stuck in a waiting process, I want to encourage you today. I want to give you some encouraging thoughts. When you feel that you've been stuck in a rut, in a process, whatever your process is in life, even spiritually, where you just felt that you have plateaued, where your prayers, like Randolph says at our prayer meeting, where your prayers sometimes only hit the ceiling. They just can't penetrate past the ceiling. It's the same old prayer. Have you ever prayed those prayers? Lord, it's me again. Uh, same old, same old. Coming before you. If we call a fast in the church, God knows what you're going to mention in your fast. If an altar call is given or a challenge is given for you to check in your life uh, introspectly, you go back to that same thing. You know, the sin that so easily entangles you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse, uh, verse 1. We are therefore surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. So let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. There's that thing that always holds you back. That one thing that always holds you back. I want to understand, if you're in that place, let me give you some encouraging thoughts. Moses lived for 40 years in Pharaoh's house. On the 40th year, he knew that he was going to be a deliverer. He tried to do it in himself. 
He went through another 40 years of in the, in the wilderness or in the desert uh, under Jethro, his father-in-law. He went through another 40 years in the wilderness. 120 years of preparation. That seems difficult, eh? Does that speak of acceleration? No. Jonah, the Bible says he chose, he chose deliberately to go the opposite way. God said to him, go to Nineveh. And where did he go? He jumps on a ship, a ship going to Tarshish. A big, he's at the docks. And you know when you read the bills, you read the, 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 the instruction billboards, it's saying Nineveh leaving at half past nine, ship number two, dock number one, platform three. Tarshish is another bill, billboard. And off he goes at even your deliberate distractions and your deliberate taking away from God. God is, when you come back into alignment, God is going to bring those things quickly. Those things quickly. Amen. Understand, and I did a bit of research again. You remember Jonah was swallowed by the, the whale uh, or the fish. Um, and for three days, he was three days. We don't know what the days were. Because remember, a day is a th like a thousand years for the Lord. And uh, a thousand years can be one day. But let's take it as three chronological, uh, natural days, three days. The Bible, when I looked at it, so I looked at my map, and I said, how far was it from where uh, uh, Jonah was to Nineveh? And how far was it to Tarshish? Now, they didn't say it in miles or in distance. In those days, they say it in days or in months, because you're going by a ship. So they say, for that distance, it should have taken them at least four to six weeks, depending on the weather. Depending on the weather. Here he embarks on a wrong direction. He gets into a place where God says, now I'm ready to move you. What's supposed to have taken him six weeks to get to a certain destination took him just over three days. He has three days in the fish. And the Bible says when the fish released him on the third day, where was he? He was in Nineveh. When your finances break, they're going to release you into a place called good success. When your sickness breaks, it's going to leave you on the dry land called excellent health. When that, circle, that, you know, that relationship that has been antagonistic, that has been a thorn in the flesh to you, when there's a break, when you, you're going to be on that land, that land where things are going to be all working together for good. Amen. I want you to receive that in your spirit. Amen. I want you to receive that in your spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that a waiting process is a wrong, is, 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 you know, your waiting process of acceleration is not determined of God. Because when is God doing, when is God about to do things? Now. When is God, in which days? Days are coming now. When is God showing favor? Now. Everything is done now. So the timing now is placed back into your hands. How quick you get your acceleration is determined upon how you step on the accelerator. So the principle is simply this. Even though it feels like you're waiting a long time, it's only because it's determined upon your position and your posture. Clean up your life. Get your life right. And you'll see things happen. And I want to say this here. You know when to start? Start right now. You can experience favor right now, Ryan. Joash, you can experience it right now. You can experience it. Just get into a line. You don't have to say, yeah, but God, you know my mess. You know my past. You know what I've done. You know what issues. You know what uh, things, you know what hurt I've done. You know how I've been hurt. God can, the minute you just make that adjustment immediately, I want to encourage you. What, 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 what was, pro, what was uh, uh, probably put for you to be done in 10 years, you will do it quickly. So I want to speak to you very prophetically today. Very, very prophetically today. Ian, that's with us. Uh, we've got two Ians. There's another Ian. Where's Ian? Ian's over there. Uh, we must have something in common because I see you guys are very uh, generous. Uh, got to use my words carefully. God is going to accelerate you. God is going to accelerate you. You know, in, 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 the, in, in, the, in, the, in the domain of sport, it is highly competitive. It is highly corruptive. There is so much happening there. 
you can experience favor. And I declare it over you. I declare it over. Favor. Favor. You're going to stand here and you're going to tell us uh, that uh, you are on the starting lineup. Hallelujah. Starting lineup. For some of you that have never been to the, the shark stadium, to the shark tank, this is going to be your first time. Because we're going to go and we're going to scream for, for Ian. And you know what? The sharks, the team, will be successful. Why? Because Ian is there. This is the process and the principle I want to encourage you. Stay in proximity. Stay in proximity. Remember Moses said to God these words? He says, Lord, we will not go if your presence does not go with us. He's not saying give us your commands and your instructions. He's saying, I want you, Lord. Let God be in your life. Just to wind down now. Even your hesitations. You know, this is one of our common, our common uh, um, uh, Achilles heel problems. Achilles heel. Joash is, uh, please pray for Joash. He's going for an operation on Tuesday to get his Achilles heel sewn back together. He, he tore it. You know the problems of Achilles heel? Are things in our life, things that, 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 that hamstring us, that hold us back, our hesitations. Should I, shouldn't I? Should I, shouldn't I? Must I go, mustn't I go? Should I take this job, shouldn't I take this job? Must I leave him or must I leave her? Uh, should I say yes or no? Uh, should I, is it green or blue? You know, we're we faced with all those, 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 those questions. I want to encourage you. When you step into acceleration, you will start making decisions quickly. Things you will not hesitate. Things will just happen. It's no is no and that's it. And God will honor and bring, bring, bring finality and completion to all those decisions that you are making. And you know, I sense right now, even relationally, there's so many relationships that need to be, that need definite answers. There's so many decisions that we need to make that need answers. And the answer is, oh, what is so-and-so going to think? And what is so? Full of hesitation. What did Elijah say to his servant? He said, go. Go and tell. He never said, um, you know, I'm thinking that I think it should rain. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure if I should tell Ahab now. Or let me just see the clouds first. Then I'll tell him. What did he say? He says, go up. Go up. The same words were spoken to Joshua. Go up. Go in. Possess the land. The 38 man, the 38 year old man in his condition, the Bible says, rise up, take up your bed and walk. There is a decisiveness. That decisiveness brings a quickness. It brings a sharpness and it brings an acceleration. I believe those that are faced with indecision, you are going to have the right decision right now in Jesus' name. In closing, and I haven't even got to where all we needed to get to. Divine acceleration is this. It's a reminder that you can trust in the timing of God. He is faithful. He is sovereign. He is powerful. And He is the God of all resurrection. You know the dreams that have died? I believe your third day is today. Because Jesus rose on the third day. Those desires, those dreams that God has implanted inside of you, and you know, this is important. You know, the more you, you align and adjust yourself to the things of God, He opens up greater spheres, greater uh, 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 domains. You know, you will dream bigger. You know, I love the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. The Bible says, and Joseph had a dream. And it's amazing. He had a dream. Then the next verse says, and then Joseph dreamt again. Now watch that. Joseph had a dream. He was so consumed with the things of serving his God. God gave him another dream. And watch the dream. The first dream was at this level. The second dream was on that level. The more we are consistent and faithful in the things of God, you will go and transcend beyond level to level. In fact, we move from level to dimension. Levels speak of upward motion. Dimensions speak of length and breadth. Sphere, I believe, will enter into new spheres. Spheres speak of unlimitedness in God. So I want to read this here. Uh, uh, go, please just go with me to, uh, in closing now, and I will close now. Um, Isaiah chapter 40. 
I want to, I want to pray this here uh, prophetically over us. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 28. We will read it uh, just in a moment. So God is going to do things quickly. Even though you're struggling, uh, I'm just reminded again of that uh, in 2 Samuel where God's, God said to, um, where Absalom was about to, was, was, was trying to coup with his, with his father. Remember Absalom, David's son? And the Bible says, and Ahab killed, if you read that whole context um, in chapter 18 of 2 Samuel, and that the whole context, Ahab, uh, 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 Joab kills Absalom. He's now dead. Now, the word is sent to King David to say, go and tell King David that his enemy is defeated. That we, can, we have got victory. So he sends a young man by the name of Cush, the Cushite. An African from Ethiopia was given the mandate, the message. David said to him, go and tell the king that we have victory. We have won and your son Absalom is dead. So off he goes and he runs. In the same process, there is another person in that environment called Ahimaaz, who was a priest's son. And he heard what is going on, but he didn't hear the full story. But he says this, I want to run. He says, I also want to run. And Joab says, well, it's not the time for you to run. No, 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 I will run. I will go to the king. And off he goes. The Bible says, and he girded up his, his loins, and he overtook the Cushite. And the watchman from a distance sees, I see two messengers coming. One looks like Ahimaaz, the son of. And he looks like he's got a message on his lips. I don't know how people, you know, you, you know, you can see when people have got something to tell you, even they though they haven't told you yet, you know, mm, you, you, they got a message for you. And he comes in straight to the king, and as he stands at the king, and he says, the king says, yes, what is the word? He says, oh king, oh king, uh, uh, I don't have a word. May the king live forever. So the king said, yes, what is the message? He says, I, don't, I didn't really get the full message, uh, but I think things are well. The, messenger, the, the man on the tower shouts again and he says, there is another, the messenger that comes and he looks like the Cushite. And he also has a message on his lips. And the Bible says, when he came before David, he says, O king, O king, we have victory today. Your son Absalom is dead. The one that carries the message, you see, you can run. Randolph shared us this principle. If you want to run fast, if you want to run fast, go alone. But if you want to run far, go with someone. What does Psalm 101 say? Let's quote it together. And he will arise, verse 13, and have mercy on Zion, for the time has come. Yes, the appointed time has, has come to favor her. Let's say it again together, because this is important. You know, you know what the principle is? You know, I'm blessed, but I don't want to have my blessing alone. We must be all blessed. So what does it say? You will arise, let's read it together, and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Verse 14, for your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. Show favor to the dust. So just in closing, I want to read this, this portion of Scripture, Isaiah 40, verse 28 and 31, and take this here uh, prophetically. I read it to you prophetically as well. Isaiah 40, verse 28 and uh, to verse 31. It says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth, the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Can we stand this morning? 
I believe that the scripture meditate upon it this week. For that which God is about to do, He's about to do it quickly. Things are going to happen. Prepare your structures. Remember Israel? Israel left 600,000 men, not including the women and children, left a location in one night. Literally in one night. Nearly two and a half million people evacuated a certain demographic place in one night. The whole nation. The logistics that went with it, simply because God said, said, eat, eat the whole lamb. He says, hold your staff in hand. Put your sandals on. He says, and eat in haste, because the time is now. And I want to say this to you. Your time is now. Your favor is now. The days have come. You will now begin to start reaping all that you have been plowing. You will start producing revelation, all that which you have been been sowing. So let's just raise our hands. And I want to pray over you. Maybe you, in your life right now, there's things that are delayed. There's certain things that, uh, that you've been hesitant with. There's certain circumstances and situations that you're facing in your life right now and challenges. And even certain and good things as well. I sense even good things that you need to make uh, good op- There's options in your life that you need to take steps to. Uh, but you're not sure. I believe that today God is going to bless you with the wisdom, the revelation, and divine acceleration. He is going to induce himself in you that you will do that which he requires to do and you will have instant results. This is not a fairy tale story. We're not just saying words just to, 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 to make us feel good. But this is a reality this morning. You will experience accelerated favor in the name of Jesus. You will receive it. You will receive it. So right now, Father, with our hands raised, Father, we get ready. We poise our hearts and our lives, our minds. We make adjustments. We realign all that is not that is not in sync with you. Father, we realign our direction so that we point it towards you. We point it towards where we can receive all that the favor requires. So, Father, I pray for everyone that is here. Lord, in Jesus' name, come quickly. Come quickly in the environment, in their circumstance, in their situation. Father, come quickly. Father, even in that need that they have, in the name of Jesus. Let it not be said that we've been praying for years and years and years for a certain breakthrough. But Father, do it quickly, we pray in the name of Jesus. Our preparation has been put in place. Father, our investment is in place. Begin right now to turn over the soil so that, Father, production will begin to flow. Harvest will come. That will be perpetual. We will constantly be living in a time of harvest. So, Father, I pray for everyone that is here, that is facing indecision, that is facing decisions, that is facing circumstances, even situations, environments that need, O oh God, your divine favor. Release your favor today, I pray in the name of Jesus. Release your favor, I pray. Father, I pray, O oh God, that we have known, we will see it, we will behold all that you are doing. So, Father, there's no circumstance, there's no situation, there's no devil that can hold back all that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, we gird up the loins of our minds and we run towards the things that are of you. Father, we go with haste. We, become, we, have, we, have a, we have a Philip spirit that Father was translated from one place to another immediately. Father, we have the, 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 the Cushite spirit that runs with the message. Father, I pray, O oh God, that we also have the spirit of Elijah that can overtake even those things that have been spoken in our lives. We can overtake them in the name of Jesus. The prophecies that have been spoken years back, Father, we will overtake them in the name of Jesus because acceleration is coming quickly. So, Father, let your divine come upon every person that is here. Today, Father, let the word settle and sink within our spirits. Let our construct, let our, let our posture be one, O oh God, that we are ready to do all that you have us to do. Where we have been disobedient, we come quickly into obedience. Where we have been silent to certain things, Father, we stand in a position where we will speak forth that which is of you in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I release a boldness, an accelerated boldness, a confidence in you as we consistently humble ourselves and submit ourselves and draw close to you father we know that you will bring things to pass quickly father let our water become revelation 
in the name of Jesus. So we are mindful, Father, to say thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all, Father, that you're about to do. This week, Father, there is going to be breakthroughs. We're no longer living a life of breakthrough, but, Father, breakthrough becomes a lifestyle. That's a reality here today, and I declare it over this house. I declare it over you. Your breakthroughs are no longer events. They become lifestyles. So, Father, we thank you. We submit before you. We humble ourselves before you. And we say thank you that you have chosen us, that you would like to work within us. So we bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.